Buddies. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to the Outstanding Ohioan Show. Thank you for the Outstanding Ohio Show. Hosted by my daddy. Hosted by my daddy. Thank you, Ryan and Sawyer, for that great introduction. Indeed, this is the Outstanding Ohioan Show. I believe Ohio and the people of Ohio have an incredible, wide-ranging, and proud impact that needs to be shared with the world. And it's always been that way throughout the history of the United States. The job of the Outstanding Ohioans podcast is to share these remarkable success stories with an intelligent and curious audience. The Outstanding Ohioans podcast connects to highly accomplished people in all walks of life and shares their secrets to success. And today we've got another great success story to share with you. Thank you for listening. And please leave your comments on iTunes, Stitcher, or the blog post. Thank you for listening. Have a great day. Hello. Thank you for tuning in to the Outstanding Ohioan Show. This is Ron Solko, and this is episode 46. Today I have the pleasure of talking with Ryan Borgman, who is the president of Borgman Athletics. Ryan, thank you for joining the show. Thank you, Ron, for having me. As an audience, I know that so many of you have been, have utilized indoor, outdoor facilities for recreation and sports, and the motto of Borgman Athletics is, we make sports happen. And Ryan's got a fascinating story that he's going to share with us today about Borgman Athletics, how he got involved in it, how, how his career took him to the point he is today, and also the kinds of services that, that his company offers, school districts, parks and recreation, universities, and professional organizations. Is that fair to say, Ryan? Yeah, it is fair, Ron. Thanks for having me again. Uh, for for starters here, you know, my whole life I've been involved in some sort of construction industry, uh, whether it was building swimming pools, putting in athletic equipment, helping a friend repair a deck, so forth and so on. I've always been a hands-on type of guy. Um, I actually was a certified paramedic and firefighter for about six years in my hometown, so uh, that was a great life experience for me. I was able to learn a lot, met a lot of great people, uh, was able to help a lot of uh, great people as well. So that was a very, very interesting time in my life. But when I first started in Borgman Athletics Group, it was actually called Borgman Construction. And I started by installing above-ground swimming pools for a company called All-American Pools in Coleraine, Ohio. And we, were, we would subcontract out the work from them, and we would, in the summer times, we would probably do about five to six swimming pools a week, and it was very hard work. We didn't have a lot of money to start off with. We didn't have bobcats. We would wheelbarrow all the sand, wheelbarrow all the dirt, dig a lot of the uh, track locations by hand, and it was really hard work. You know, uh, one of the mottos was if you didn't have blisters on your hands, you weren't working. So <laughs> that was a very interesting time in my life. But I would do that in the summer times and after school hours um, during the winter, I would try to figure, find other things to do. I started working for another gentleman who was involved in the athletic equipment field where we put up some outdoor scoreboards, setting I-beams, uh, building small bleacher sets so forth and so on. And then as uh, time progressed, I wanted to get out of all the, uh, the swimming pool stuff because the profit margins weren't that high and it was ex extremely hard work and I just couldn't handle doing all the work personally myself. 
And at the time, we just did not have the financial capabilities of buying more trucks, getting more guys working, so forth and so on. So I started uh, getting more involved with the athletic facilities and the athletic equipment, working with a company called G-Mayor Jemco, who was a leading leading company in the industry, covering Ohio, Kentucky, Indiana, West Virginia, a little bit of Tennessee at the time. So I worked my way up through the ranks there uh, when I was younger. I would actually do the um, after-school hours or on weekends, and then in the summer times I started working uh, full-time with them, and I worked my way up to start subcontracting. Uh, that really worked out good for me, and that's how my business really began was the subcontracting portion. The majority of the subcontracting I did was unloading semi-trucks. So Jemco had all these crews who would go and – install ceiling suspended basketball hoops, bleachers, divider curtains, wall pads. And one of the big issues they had was unloading these trucks because you'd have 52, 53 foot semi trucks completely full of steel top to bottom. And by the time they wore it out there, they're dead beat. So they couldn't, uh, you know, their process was getting slowed down. They're always complaining. Well, I had no problem doing it. Uh, I was in good shape from building the pools. So what I did in, in the summers and then when I got out of high school was I started unloading a semi-truck every day for all these different crews. And it was, a, it was a very profitable for me. It was very great. Uh, uh, got really strong. <laughs> it was awesome now. Um, I'm glad that I'm not unloading semi-trucks anymore. Uh, now I've actually, being there, we've configured different methods of putting more of our crew leaders and more of our guys all together on unloads. Now, obviously, we have the financial capabilities to use equipment to do unloads and it's, you know, it's a cost up front, but it saves the guys, uh, keeps down on workers comp claims and, uh, it's, it seemed to be prospering. Right. I don't want to label or limit you, but in my observations and our interactions working together, you've got a strong customer service mindset, the work ethic that you just spoke about and you're very entrepreneurial and idea focused. Who are some role models that you've had in your life that perhaps cultivated those those things with you? Well, uh, for starters, a role model would be my parents and the fact that they push God and and Christianity and everything, uh, you know, so much on me. Uh, that was really important. My dad was in the military. He was very stern when we were kids. Um and he, he stayed on top of it. You know, in this interview, when I told him I was coming to do this interview, first thing he said to me is he says, well, make sure you don't say um too many times. <laughs> and I've already said it a couple of times, which is funny. But he's a great guy. My parents are, are awesome people. Uh, they have built who I am today. I also am very proud of the American patriot history my family has regards to service they've done for the country and different branches of, of government and military. So uh, I'm very I'm very passionate about the United States of America, and I, I take everything very personally. Um, I also want to uh, think that another guy would be the old owner of G. Mayor Jemko. His name is Tom Mayer Sr. Great guy. Uh, when we met, he was in this prime building this empire well, not really in his prime. I guess he, he's on his on his way out at the time. He was getting closer to retirement age. But he kind of guided me through. And in fact, when I ended up taking over a lot of the relationships that he had 
and started uh, handling all the installation portions on my own. He was always there to, to mentor me and to talk to me about different avenues. And he was always explaining to me customer service, customer service. On occasion, Ryan, you're going to have to lose money. If you make a mistake or something doesn't go right and nothing's perfect, there's times where you'll lose money, you know, but you'll make the money back because the customer will continue to call you all the time. So that was really great. And I also, uh, he was a very religious man too. There's many times when we were first starting out, we were very stressed out and different things. And he'd sit down, he'd say a prayer with you. And uh, it really did mean a lot. So I'd say that he was also a good role model to me. Mm -hmm. Okay. So on the path, going back to your path. So from unloading semi trucks, mm -hmm. what, what happens next? <laughs> well, unloading semi trucks. So... After the uh, the whole semi-truck ordeal, what had happened was uh, Mr. Mayor had decided that it was time to retire. So in that, he had sold a portion of his company, the phone numbers, and some of the contracts to a company out of Indiana. He then linked me with that company to handle all the installations at the time because we just didn't have the working capital to be purchasing all of the material mm -hmm. and so forth. So <clears throat> we started working with that company. This company is actually, uh, the name was A1 Products. And we started doing a lot of installation work for them. And we started branching out to all these other manufacturers and dealers at the time. And <clears throat> we got in the door. We showed them our work ethic. Next thing you know, people were beating down the door. We had great pricing. We were fair and we were profitable. And the business started pouring in, pouring in, pouring in. Unfortunately, we had a really bad hit because the A1 Products Company that we started working with, uh, we were doing a, a lot of work for them. And they ended up getting in debt to us quite a, quite a bit and ended up going bankrupt. Mm -hmm. So even with all the mediations and everything else, we lost a significant amount of money and it was very hard. And we had to fight through. I had to sell personal belongings to get back on my feet. And it was a very tough hit. But power of prayer and everything else uh, with all my guys backing me up. We worked our way back up and we are, we are prospering. We work with several manufacturers, uh, several distributors of the manufacturing goods. We have a lot of great relationships. We have a lot of different mutual agreements on different territories with these dealers and manufacturers. So we can always, so we can all work together without stepping on each other's toes. We're extremely blessed and uh, we have we have worked our way up. You mentioned relationships, mm -hmm. and, and that's obviously it. in all in all walks of life such a critical thing. Speak to the value of of the partners you have because you handle you you talk about you handle the installs, but the product has to be made somewhere else. Talk about how you've cultivated and fostered those relationships with with people on, on all ends of the business? On all ends? Well, let's see here. <laughs> well, it, it's very, very detailed. It's very in-depth. Every situation is different. Every situation is touchy. You know, uh, different individuals like different products. Different dealers I work with sell and offer different products. You know, everything's installed. Certain employees like installing different products than others. So the main thing always is to stay positive no matter what. If you have an issue, you can't start yelling, you can't get aggravated. 
you know, it's positivity, positivity, positivity. And you always want to be honest. You have to be honest all the time. If you tell the half truth, it's like telling a half lie, you know, positive, positive, positive. So say for instance, um, we have an issue with a basketball goal that some brackets are welded incorrectly or something from the manufacturer. So what we do is we, we call the manufacturer and in most cases, just like anything else, a lot of people tend to be very defensive. Oh, it's not my fault. We didn't do this. We didn't do that. Well, I just sit there and I manage to say, Hey, look guys, you know, it, at this point, it doesn't matter what happened. This is what it is. We need to work together. This is a very important customer. You know, no matter who I'm talking to, I'm always saying this is a very important customer. They could be a $500 customer. And I always say they're very important because, you know, when you say to someone, there's a very important customer, you know, to me, I'm telling the truth because they are very important to me, mm-hmm. but to someone else, maybe not so much, mm-hmm. but you know, it's just how you word things and stay positive and you work together as a team and get it done. Mm-hmm. For the audience, talk about the scope of your installs. It, there's probably not enough time in the day to talk right, about all right. of it, but just what what are the more common installs that you're you're doing in facilities all over? I would say the most common installation would be what we call a six pack. A six pack is a six ceiling suspended basketball backstops in the gymnasium. Most gymnasiums, you have elementaries, middle schools, and high schools that are popping up all over the place. Mm-hmm. So the standard installs, we come in, we handle the, the ceiling suspended basketball hoops. Usually they have a divider curtain in the middle. Um, you typically two average size scoreboards, maybe a six row to 10 row telescopic bleacher on the wall, mm-hmm. and usually about 20 wall pads. That is a typical scope. That's what you see in bulk the most of. But we range from doing... Outdoor basketball backstops, the outdoor baseball backstops with block walls, big tall netting. Um, we do everything from the new ceiling suspended uh, volleyball poles. So instead of people having to walk out and carry your heavy poles over to the volleyball court and put them in the hole in the ground, now you can either turn a key or push a wireless remote. And next thing you know, your entire volleyball system is lowering out of the ceiling like a basketball backstop and in place with the judges stand on it and everything. Those are really cool. Another cool thing I really enjoy is mat hoist. There's different type of wrestling mat hoist. So everyone's always like, man, have all these kids. They're carrying these mats everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be a little dangerous trying to carry them up steps. Well, now they've created it where you can push a button. These big heavy-duty cables and tarps come out of the ceiling. You roll your mats into it, push a button, and they go up in the air. And if you don't want them stored directly in one location – they have a traveling mat hoist now where you can push other buttons and it'll slide it into a compartment, into a wall where it's out of sight, out of mind. Mm-hmm. So that's really neat. Um, another personal favorite of mine, well, they're all my favorites, but I really do like the new uh, retractable indoor batting cages. So, you know, weather is, is a huge issue with sports and practicing and getting things done. So they're like, how can we practice inside? But we have to manage all this space so everyone can utilize it. Well, now they've got these new batting cages where you push a button and they act as a divider curtain kind of. But they come out of the ceiling with a big frame and they have a net on them. You can hit your baseballs in there, do whatever you want to do. When you're done, you put the net on top of the cage, push a button, raise it in the ceiling. It's out of the way. 
So those are really awesome. Um, football goalpost, all sorts of scoreboards. I'm not sure if I still hold the ranking for it right now, but we installed back uh, about two years ago at the time the largest high school uh, football scoreboard in the state of Kentucky. Hmm. It was enormous. It was a lot of hard work. I was actually out there myself doing a lot of the welding. You know, I still get out in the field uh, quite a bit, not as much as I did two years ago because we've just grown so much and expanded. Mm -hmm. But uh, we've done some really amazing work, and I'm very proud of all my men. They've stayed there with me. You know, I've had guys that started with me when we are making pennies, and now we're all prosperous, and and life is good, and they're uh, taking care of their families, and it's a really good thing to see. So, um, but... As far as the equipment goes, you name it, we do it. Nothing, yeah. No job's too small or too large. Yeah. I want to go back to facilities in a moment, but elaborate on the way that you've been able to retain your crew because you, you speak to the quality of the work that they do, right? The, the customer service that not only that you talk about personally, but under your leadership, they certainly follow the same, the same methodology. Talk about how you've been able to, to keep the crew and, because I'm sure there's because of the of the work they do, there's there's eyes on them to yeah, try and get try and get yeah, them. Absolutely. Well, let's start with this. You have management positions. You have higher roller. Um, you know, higher individuals that you trust more than others with different responsibilities. Okay. Now, what I do is. Not only do I try to manage them and then have them manage the individuals underneath them, I try to get involved with everybody. Every person we've ever hired, I bring in and I talk to. You know, we set stipulations from the beginning. One of the hardest things, and and we do have turnover in our industry. It's a well-known fact for a simple reason. My guys, who I have a lot of respect for, can travel and be away from their families five days a week and just home on weekends. So it's extremely tough on them. It's tough on their families. They're, but they, they make up because they're out of town. They're getting overtime. You know, they're, they're, they're making money. And one thing that uh, I think that we kind of do to keep them around is, you know, we're always positive. We try to do nice things for them. Uh, we have our, you know, our Christmas parties and good job. How you doing? And people get stressed out all the time. And when they get stressed out, you can't ignore them. You have to bring them in. That's part of being a business owner. A lot of people don't want to deal with it, but I understand. I want to deal with it. I've been at the other end. So you talk to them. You listen to what they have to say. You're positive back, and if there's things you got to do to help them out, if they need a favor, if you need to do something done, you work with them on an honor system, and, and you take care of each other. You're more like a family, how you take care of your family. Mm-hmm. So uh, like I said earlier, granted, there is turnover because some guys – just cannot handle the tr- the constant travel, mm-hmm. you know, and that's and it, it's tough. I've been there too, and it's tough. So I respect that, and you know, if someone needs to move on to something that's more uh, located around the environment they're used to, mm-hmm. then you know, we, we shake hands and say best of luck to you. Mm-hmm. Thanks for all your hard work that you did for me. Because I don't think I ever I've ever had a guy, even guys that have had to settle down centrally located. I don't think I've ever had a guy that hasn't worked his heart out for me. Mm-hmm. You know, my guys are, are hard workers. And I think a lot of that also has to do with the leadership that my senior men put into position, their expectations. You know, mm-hmm. 
they're friendly with them. They're telling jokes. They're laughing. They go out to dinner after work, you know. But at the same time, my guys, my my senior guys, they they work their tails off constantly. So it doesn't give other individuals the opportunity to slack because they want to they want to work hard and they want to impress their friend, their their manager, their leader, you know, by working hard. And, and the same thing that goes up the chain. Same with my main guys, my head guys is. They see that with me. They see that, you know, I'm working 7, 8 o'clock at night every night. You know, I'll come in on weekends if I have to, you know, something like that. And we're just at that stage right now where we're growing and they can see the benefits from what's coming, you know, and the growth and the buying of the, of the new warehouse and different things like that. And they see it. They love it. They're a part of something. And we're a smaller organization where we stay as a small business. And I like it that way. Mm-hmm. You know, we find ways to manage all these projects. You'd think that the projects we manage, it will take 50 to 100 guys to do it. And it doesn't. Mm-hmm. You know, we have some subcontractors that we outsource, but our, our scheduling and management team is, is great. And, I, and uh, we couldn't, I couldn't have created what we have today without my men. That's for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. That's great. For people in the audience that may be involved with trying to create facilities or improve facilities for all the athletic and recreation that that they're involved with, what have you seen in the industry from a from a trend standpoint? You've got indoor facilities. Everyone's got. Everyone wants to put everything in a single space. Mm-hmm. How can? What are some ways that people can maximize spaces and, and get the most out of them out of them to meet? all their clientele. <laughs> well, they can call Borgman Athletics Group and we'll figure it out for them. Right. But now, I mean, the biggest thing I see is you you want to have an open area. Everyone wants to have an open area. You want to be able to run. You want to be able to play basketball. You want to uh, throw the football around, whatever you want to do. You, some A lot of people want to do indoor tracks. What I found is the best way to maximize your area is buy equipment that can be stored in the ceiling out of the way. You know, you don't want to buy stuff that, oh, this is great. We have volleyball poles. We can put them in the ground over here. But when we want to store them, we have to go fill a closet up with everything else. Well, now you've got all this stuff stored in the closet and you're, you're eating up space for other pieces that you can get. So you have this volleyball equipment. You put it in the ceiling out of the way. Batting cage equipment. Put it up in the ceiling out of the way. Wrestling mats. Get them out of the way in the ceiling. Mm-hmm. Ceiling suspended basketball hoops. A lot of people love portables, and portables are great, but do you really need portables in rec centers? No. That's going overboard. You, they're expensive, and it's, it's, it's just going overboard. You get ceiling suspended basketball hoops that raise in the ceiling. So now you've got all this major equipment that is a necessity that you want, and it's all stored mm-hmm. in the ceiling. So now what do you have? You have plenty of room. What else can we get? You know, and there's so many different types of things. Like, say you want to do uh, indoor uh, football practice. Say you want to have a kicker in there. Buy a turf mat. You know, what we can do for you. We can do a key switch. You turn a key, and next thing you know, you have this curtain lowers out of the ceiling, and it's got a painted football field goal post on it, mm-hmm. right there, kicking inside, practicing, mm-hmm. exact dimensions, mm-hmm. really cool stuff. 
uh, where there's a will, there's a way. The possibilities are endless. You can create anything, and we can find any idea you have, anything you want to do. You just have to find the people that can make it happen, mm -hmm. and we can get it done. Great. That's great. Shifting back to to your crew, because there may be people in the audience that think, oh, I'd like to be involved in, in that kind of work. What kind of technical trade skills do your do, does your crew have, and, and what, what, what would people looking to get into the industry need to have from a trade skill standpoint? Well, there's a, that's a great question. There's a variety of skills, and they are men like this and women like this are a, uh, a dime a dozen. They are very hard to find. It takes a special person to do the traveling. The fourth most important thing out of everything is that you can handle the traveling. If you can handle the traveling, that is that is the, the key point. Another key point is you have to be not afraid of heights. Mm -hmm. As you saw today, the guys right. are up in the scissor lift and you know. <laughs> so you can't be afraid of heights. We work really high up in the air a lot of the time, anywhere mm -hmm. from 25 feet Heck, we've been sixty feet, you know. Mm -hmm. So a lot of a lot of uh, aerial work being done. Another huge thing is carpentry. You know, being able to read a tape measure and uh, read blueprints, things of that nature. That's very important because a lot of people don't understand. Just a quick example: a lot of people don't understand what's all involved with installing gymnasium equipment. When we install ceiling suspended basketball hoops and divider curtains. There's no gym floor down. It's all concrete slab. There's no markings on the floor for the court lines, nothing. We go off of a blueprint, and we pull off walls, and we actually have to, each pipe structure that's located in the air, we actually have to notate all of that on the floor, and we pretty much print out our blueprint on the concrete floor. We chalk all our lines and everything else, and then you shoot your lasers off of your lines up into the ceilings onto the bar joists to make your marks to find out where everything goes. And it can get really complicated in some systems, some scenarios where you have ductwork running down the middle of your gym. You're going to have to uh, drop pipes around them and you've got all this additional steel structure. Hmm. It, it gets really incredible and it's, it's really cool. You really, that's another thing is the guys really feel accomplished when they, when they complete mm -hmm. something. It's like, wow, I built that, mm -hmm. you know, cause it's not like they're building a, a birdhouse, you know, <laughs> so, and it, it's, it's a very cool thing. So, um, so carpentry, and oh, carpentry, electrical. Yeah. Well, the electrical, not so much. You have to have some sort of background on electrical. Mm -hmm. uh, but that is not extremely important as in most cases, everything is bid as electrical, electrical by others. They get certified electricians in, mm -hmm. take care of the electrical portion. Uh, afterwards, we actually have, uh, we call them a cheater switch. We have these different switches that we can operate all the equipment off of before all the hard wiring is done. Mm -hmm. So that's really cool. But uh, blueprint reading, carpentry skills, welding skills are very important. A lot of a lot of people out there are like, oh, I've I've got all these. Well, that's great. Call me. You know, <laughs> <laughs> we've got that. Um, not being scared of heights. Mm -hmm. And the uh, definitely we'll put you through OSHA training. We do all of that, uh, take care of all that for you. Um, so I mean, that is really 
the the gist of as a starting point because you can't come into this industry and know how to do it. Mm-hmm. It's a complete unique industry, mm-hmm. and myself and my crew leaders will bring you in and we will train you and teach you how to install this stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, my vice president, you know, one of his first jobs was an enormous job, and it had big radial curtains. Uh, surrounding like three or four courts with all these split curtains in between each court, all these different basketball backstops. And he's a sharp guy. And sure enough, that uh, the photos of that actual project made it on one of the manufacturer's national catalogs. Mm. So that was kind of cool where we're, mm-hmm. our work now is actually being presented in catalogs, which mm-hmm. is really neat. So, yeah. like I said, I'm really proud of the guys. So, oh, that's great. That's great. You talk about the kind of skills that you're looking for when you're when you're looking at, to bring people on your team, and you talk about how close knit it is, and and the things that you try and do. What are the kind of questions that you ask, and the the kind of people that you're looking for? Well. <clears throat> I ask them, are you afraid of heights? <laughs> so, now, you know, <clears throat> the most important thing, like I said, is the traveling in the heights. So I say, mm-hmm. hey, look, this is what I want you to do. I, I'll look through all the resumes. They'll state the different skills they have, their past jobs. I can kind of take a look and say, okay, this guy worked as a carpenter for this company or a welder for this company or whatever it may be. And... I'll sit down with them and say, hey, I like your resume. Now, what you need to do, if you want this job, this is the offer that's on the table right now. But I need you to go home, take a few days, and sit down with your wife. Mm -hmm. And I'm respecting you, and I'm giving you this opportunity to get this resolved now, but I need you to respect me Mm -hmm. and make a good decision. Mm -hmm. Because I can't spend all this time doing all the training all the drug screening, all the background checks, all these additional costs that you have to do, and then have somebody come to me a few months later and say, well, this isn't for me, mm-hmm. you know? So I think that's a very important thing. So very, sounds like it's very transparent right at the beginning. You're, yeah. you're very clear about <laughs> yeah, extremely, expectations. Yeah, extremely clear, you know? Because um, out, out of all the guys who were not able to make it, it was due to traveling issues mm-hmm. for, I'd say, 85% of them. Yeah. Okay. What, if any, what what do you see as the next trends in the industry, and, and where do you see your company potentially growing to meet those trends? Well, I think that Technology right now is a huge trend with all these new scoreboards and mm-hmm. all the new wireless components that are coming out. Um, a lot of trends that I that I've actually seen that are kind of cool is wireless components, even on all your basketball equipment, divider curtains, mm-hmm. you, even on bleachers now. Uh, I think that's a lot of a, lot, a big area where people are going to start going to. Uh, it's very convenient. And you actually can save money instead of having to run conduit to all these key switches mm-hmm. and everything else. It's a little more money up front, I guess you should you could say. But everything's wireless now. Mm-hmm. So just a, a push of a button. And you can have all these wireless channels. Mm-hmm. Scoreboards are great. I work with a, uh, several 
and several companies who sell different types of uh, scoreboards and whatnot, and we install all sorts of them. But they're they're really neat. The, the video boards now are out of this world. Mm-hmm. Um, all the different technologies with the scoreboards, where you can design. I think another big trend will be the new people designing their own scoreboards. You could say, hey, I want this side scoreboard, but I want these LEDs on this panel to be this color, so you can mix and match everything. Uh, I think that looks really cool. Um, I mean, basketball hoops are basketball hoops. Divider curtains are divider curtains. You know, it's all basic stuff. Every single manufacturer is similar but different. Um, I think that the huge trend that is not exactly related to new products, but is existing products and gyms is service and maintenance and, and inspections, mm-hmm. which is so important. Mm-hmm. You know, when you come in and you have these facilities built, a lot of people aren't aware that there are a lot of stipulations, you know, telescopic bleachers. They're supposed to be inspected every year. A lot of people don't know that. A lot of people don't do that. Mm-hmm. An injury occurs, you know, who's liable? The school? Some people say yes, and there's been some some cases like that. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so suspended basketball backstops. Now, <clears throat> there's no state law that overhead athletic equipment or, or federal law that overhead athletic equipment needs to be installed or inspected. But there are maintenance guidelines that are sent with the new product and material stating that you need to do annual general maintenance on them. You know, for instance, hoisting cable and basketball units, basketball rigs are supposed to be replaced every seven years. You know, we'll go into gyms for the first year doing general maintenance and inspection, and we're like, wow, how's this thing still here? Loose loose bolts and beam clamps Mm -hmm. on the bar joist, uh, glass backboards that are extremely loose on the vertical mass drop. You know, it's very unfortunate, but... Um, there was even a, uh, unfortunately, a, a death uh, this month with a, a child in Ohio. Yeah. God bless his soul. Mm-hmm. And that may have been, I don't know if they did general maintenance or not, but that's just the fact of how important it is to stay on top of this stuff. You know, whenever we do a general maintenance and inspection, we actually add these additional safety bolts that would always prevent that backboard from sliding off of that mass. So that's very important. We we go through, we chuck all the nuts and bolts, we lubricate everything, we plumb and level your glass backboard, check your rim height, make sure that your face of the bank is the 15 foot off the free throw line. Um, you know, check it all. Check your cable, check your pulleys, reset your limits on your hoops. That is very, very important. Some people don't understand how important it is. Say, for instance, you have a basketball electric winch, okay? And over time, the limit switches vibrate loose. So you get slack in the cable. Well, what happens when you get slack in the cable, too much slack, balls hit it, different things like that. And it will cause, sometimes it will cause the cable to double wrap on the motor when it raises up. Well, when it double wraps on the motor, it's raising twice as fast as it's supposed to, which is going to cause it to bypass where it's supposed to stop in the ceiling. And people are ending up lifting these things into the ceiling, listing them in the ceiling, cable snap, pulley snap. This thing comes falling out of the ceiling, which, as you know, is a big deal, mm-hmm. falls out of the ceiling, and you're in a bad spot. Now, there are safety features. Another thing in technology that's coming out now is these new safety belts. Well, they've been around for about 10, 15 years. These new safety belts, they're, they're safety catches. Um, great, great stuff. Lynn Russ Aluminum Products out of Salt Lake City, Utah. That I feel they have the best in the market. Mm. But... 
because they actually do tests and drop cars off of them. I mean, these guys are great. But what happens if anything fails, these safety straps will catch it mm-hmm. from falling out of the ceiling, which is huge. It's going to prevent uh, death, injury, floor damage, ceiling damage, all that stuff. It has an indicator that shows orange on it. And then next thing you know, uh, your service guy comes in and says, hey, the strap's activated orange. What do you do? You pick up the phone, you call Borgman Athletics Group, and then we come out and look at it right. and uh, see what's going on and, and adjust it and fix it. You know, another thing that people need to, to check out is a lot of these schools have the old manual winches on the walls mm-hmm. where you use the big heavy-duty right-angle drill. And, oh, man, if you have those, you need to get rid of them. They are dangerous. In fact, there were some cases where the state of Ohio was uh, offering grants. They were mainly offering the grants to motorize non-electric bleachers because maintenance guys and staff teachers were getting hurt trying to pull these things mm-hmm. out. And they're like, well, we ought to just offer these schools a grant so they can fix all these things. It's going to be much cheaper than running up all these workers' comps mm-hmm. and disability rates and everything right. else. Sure. So but there was a, a little bit there, and I know for a fact they were doing it last year. I don't know if they've continued it yet. But they're even replacing the manual winches for people to electric because people were up on ladders, on stools, with these heavy-duty angle drills. And those things don't have any limits. They stop when you stop the drill. And as we know, right when you take your finger off the trigger of that drill, it doesn't. those chucks don't always stop. They'll keep spinning. And that is a huge deal because people were running them up in the ceiling, not paying attention, or it was kicking out. It hit too high to kick out bust somebody's arm, knock them off a ladder, Mm -hmm. things like that. So uh, you definitely want to look into switching those out. Those should be uh, your second priority. Everyone's top priority on all athletic equipment should be the safety strap mechanisms. Mm -hmm. That is the most important. Like I said, there's no uh, state law at this time, federal law saying you have to have them inspected, but it's the right thing to do. You're talking about people's lives and safety, and it's going to be a matter of time before something gets put into place for these things. Uh, especially after all the recent events that have happened. And it is, they're extremely important. Safety straps, safety straps, safety straps. They can save a life for mm-hmm. sure. And then after you get those in place, you know, then you start doing all the upgrades, new motors, mm-hmm. uh, changing out the 48-inch glass backboards to the 42-inch, you know, uh, 42 inches regulation now. The reason they got rid of the 48-inch people were jumping up and they're hitting their heads and breaking their wrists and different things on those. Mm-hmm. So now the rim sits closer to being flush with the bottom of the glass backboard, mm-hmm. which is cool. Mm-hmm. So you also want to make sure you have edge padding and, and whatnot. So. <laughs> what do you want your legacy to be? <sighs> well, I want to brand my name for my family, for my dad, all the hard work that our family has done for America. And I want to, I want to brand our name. I want people to say, oh, those Borgmans, man, they were good people. They really helped out. You know, like I try to help out to smaller schools, um, you know, donate different things to the charities and schools and, uh, missing children's foundations and all that. Uh, so I'd like to, I like the legacy to be like, Hey, those Borgmans, they're good people. Mm-hmm. That's what I want my legacy to be. You know, I want my I want my kids when I have them eventually, hopefully soon. Uh, <laughs> I want them to walk into a facility or walk in, you know, to a, a big gymnasium. Like, wow, my dad built this. You know, mm-hmm. I want that, and then I also want them to 
to meet the guy who's running it, have him shake their hand and say, man, your dad's a great guy. You know? Wow. That's so, great. Yeah. That's great. How can people find out more about Boardman Athletics? Well, they can check us out on Facebook at Boardman Athletics. We also have an Instagram account, a Twitter account, and our website at www.borgmanathletics.com. Okay, and we'll put all that in the show notes for the audience to access. All right, and any last words of wisdom? Uh, I just want to thank you for having me out here. It's been a big honor. I appreciate it. And I just want people to know that the most important thing when it comes to your athletic facilities is the general maintenance and inspections. You have to have them done. It's the right thing to do. Keep the students safe. Prolong your equipment. It's a good deal for everyone. You save the schools and the facilities money in the long haul, and you're protecting the kids. Ryan, thanks for joining us on the Outstanding Ohioans show today. Thank you, Ron. Thank you for tuning in to the Outstanding Ohioans show. This was episode 46 with Ryan Borgman, president of Borgman Athletics. Thank you for listening. Have a great day.